Hello everyone. Today we bring our series to a conclusion by visiting Jerusalem. Jerusalem through the Bible has always been God's city, the holy city. In fact, if you climb up Mount Olives and look down the hill onto the temple area, it glows gold. It's known as the golden city. And yet it's a city where there's been all kinds of contention among the nations and also the religions of the world battle for ground and for territory. And in our Christmas account, Jesus is brought and presented to God in the temple in Jerusalem. And there there are prophetic people waiting. And as this baby is brought in, they recognize this really is the promised one. This really is the Messiah. And when we think of Jerusalem today, we think of these important truths. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's have a great day together. When I was a student, I studied for a year in America. And in the time that I was abroad, my parents moved house. They moved from just outside Coventry to just outside Lowestoft. So when they picked me up from Heathrow, they actually took me to a home I'd never actually been to. Now, anyone who's ever travelled from Heathrow to Lowestoft knows that you start off on the M25 with four lanes of traffic. And then it goes down to three. And then you get onto the A12 and you're on two. And then you go single carriageway. And because of where they live, we then went on to country lanes with passing places. And at one point, I actually accused them of not moving at all, but just taking me an extremely long way. We have been following Mary and Joseph on their journey into the unknown over this Christmas period. We started, as we have seen today, in Bethlehem. Then we followed them to exile in Egypt we went home with them to Nazareth, and today we arrive in Bethlehem. In, sorry, in Jerusalem. Goodness, not Bethlehem. You're going backwards. As I was traveling into the unknown, so was Mary. The gospel narratives all talk about her pondering what she was told, thinking about it over the years. So when we were singing, Mary, did you know? Probably not at the beginning. But over the years, as she watched her child grow, she would see signs and wonders. And our title today is Messiah Presented. To present somebody is to introduce them. Let's introduce ourselves to a few things about our faith. Ten seconds of silence is a bit uncomfortable in the middle of a talk. At the point we are in the story, the Jews have been waiting 400 years for God to speak to them. 400 years between the last prophetic word in what we call the Old Testament and when the angel appeared to Mary. And we join in our Bible passage from Luke 2, some people who had been waiting to hear from God. I'm starting at verse 25, which is about halfway down the slide. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. 
He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, you have promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's mother and father marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the resumption of Jerusalem. Simeon and Anna had been waiting. Part of the royal road can be a road of waiting. And yet... Even though God had been silent for 400 years, they were faithful, they were enduring, and they still had hope. Henri Nouwen talks about waiting and says that when we are waiting, we need to pay attention to what's happening right in front of us, because otherwise we're going to miss the first glimmers of what God is doing. This is how Simeon and Anna waited. They were looking, like looking, waiting for a bus on a long straight road. They were just looking for the first sign of God in action. And because they were waiting, because they were waiting in hope, they recognized the Messiah when he was before them. Are we waiting like that? If we have things in our lives that we are patiently waiting for God to act in, are we waiting actively, waiting for the first glimmers of his intervention? And when God finally speaks to us, how do we respond? We're told that Simeon took Jesus into his arms and praised God. When God speaks, how else can we respond but with worship, with praise, wanting to get close? I can think, I think of Simeon as almost clutching the child because he's been longing for him for so long. And then he says, that this, he has seen his salvation and he is happy to die now. To wait for that long. And then at the end to see the Messiah in the form of a baby. The temple was full. There were other babies. Only Simeon and Anna recognized Jesus. And when we see God moving, that's when we have to be thankful. When we have to worship in truth. And Joseph and Mary, we're told, marveled at what was said about him. When we think about how God intervenes in our lives, surely marvel, wonder, awe is the best response. When God speaks to us, do we worship him? 
When we see him moving in our lives, do we worship him? When we wait for him with hope, are we worshipping him? And yet Simeon told Mary that a sword would pierce her soul. Because this isn't just a road of waiting and worship, it's also a road of war. Do we realise that we are at war? Not a military war, not a war against people, but a war against what Paul calls the principalities and powers. We are in a war against the powers of sin, death and the devil. And every week in this congregation, we make a declaration of war, saying whose side we are on. We say a prayer each week, which I'm going to bring up behind me. It's easy, if you do something every week, to just say it automatically. But as we're thinking about Simeon, as we're thinking about Anna, let's just look at a few lines that we say every day. We say, Jesus, we need you. We thank him for dying on the cross and we ask his forgiveness for the sin in our life. This is what Simeon was talking about when he said, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, came as a tiny baby. But he also came not to bring judgment on a world that is sinful. He came to bear the punishment that we deserve. How else can we respond to that but in worship? How else can we respond to that except to say, I accept you? as my Lord and Saviour. And then as he gave his life for us, we offer our lives back to him. With your help, I will live my life for you. This is a difficult life sometimes. We all have problems and struggles. But I would not be able to do this life without my Jesus, without my Lord. I've given my life to him, but first he gave his life for me. And I would encourage anybody who doesn't know what I've just been talking about to talk to someone. Talk to someone you came with. On the back of your brochures there is that prayer. Think about what Jesus did for you. Do we accept Jesus' help in the war against sin and death? And if we do, do we keep that news to ourselves? We're on a road of witness. The first thing Anna did after she gave thanks to God was to speak about the child to everyone she met. I can just imagine her running around the temple. Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? The excitement bursting out of her. We've called this series The Royal Road. Not just because Jesus is the King of Kings, but just because where we end up. We end up 
saved from our sins. And we need to tell people about this. The message of Christmas is that God has come to live with us. That's why we call him Emmanuel, because his name means God with us. We wait in hope for him to answer our prayers, to intervene when life is difficult. And finally, we expect him to return at the end of time. How can we not worship him in thankfulness and awe? The royal road doesn't end in Jerusalem. We are on the royal road right now. And it is a road that is a life lived with Jesus. Trusting him no matter the circumstances. And rejoicing that even after death we are going to be with him forever. So be encouraged in the waiting. Be inspired to worship him. Be amazed that God loved you so much he died for you. And then go out and tell others about him.